Hello and welcome to this special one-time-only Journalism 655 podcast. I'm your host, Sam Wilderman. Today I'm talking with Taylor Pascal. Taylor, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Taylor. I am a biology major here at Ball State with concentrations in zoology and wildlife bio. Yeah, so today I thought that we would just talk about uh, feral cats because that's something that you're really interested in and something that I think a lot of people should know more about because a lot of people do have regular outdoor cats too and that's also an issue. So do you kind of want to talk about uh, where you're at with that right now? Is there something going on? Yeah, so uh, I recently moved into a new apartment uh, in the village and I have never had this problem in Muncie, but we have a number of feral and outdoor cats that frequent our parking lot and our general property. It was not a very pleasant experience uh, when I first moved into C. We actually have one who is definitely an out, uh, I want to say borderline feral cat. He was not friendly at all. When we first met him, he wouldn't let anybody even get close to him. And one of our neighbors has been slowly gaining his trust. I mean, it's been, what, two two or three months now that she's been working with him. Um, he's to the point now, She, I was talking to her today, she said he actually came into her apartment and took a nap in there. And that's that's almost unheard of. When we talk about feral cats um, and bringing them indoors, you really need a specialized cat rehabilitator to work with them. It's almost impossible. Our other one is a tagged, chipped cat. And uh, we have tried to contact the owner and they basically said, uh, he's fine outside. Oh, no. Right. Not a pleasant. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, right. um, we considered taking him to the shelter because a lot of shelters will, uh, obviously they'll contact the owner. They won't like keep him and adopt him out. And then they'll contact the owner and tell them that they have to pay a fine to retrieve their pet. And usually pet owners do not like that, especially if you do it multiple times. But our local shelter has been so overrun that they have waived the pickup fee. <laughs> so um, that's not really a good decision either. So that's, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's nothing much we can do about it. Thankfully, we have neighbors who really care. We've had animal control officers actually come out for the feral cats at this property. It's it's not good. And um, that's never something that I like to see as a biologist either. It's just, it's an ordeal. Yeah. So I know growing up, I lived in a rural area. And so a lot of people had barn cats and all of that. So I think for the general population who don't know anything about, you know, wildlife and ecology and all that, they don't see the problem with having cats outside. Do you want to kind of jump into that? Yeah. So I actually, I grew up in Sheridan. So I grew up in the country too. I used to have indoor outdoor cats before I knew better. Um, so often when you have folks in the country with pets, they think that their barn cats are good mousers. Uh, we actually, <laughs> we have published peer reviewed papers that have proven that, uh, Mice and rats are both smart enough that when cats come into a setting, they just relearn their foraging behavior to avoid cat predation. Mm. Um, so cats are only predating on our native species, birds and snakes, sometimes amphibians, that's less common. Um, but animals that would typically eat the same pests like mice and rats, cats are eating those and not the mice and rats. Oh, and that's really where the problem with cats comes in is that cats are surplus hunters. That's an important thing to note, including large wild cats. Um, I mean, when you're an animal that 5% of your kills are successful and you're a solo animal, you're not like a wolf that lives in a pack. You're talking about every single hunt that you make that is successful, you have to keep. So there's this theory that if I feed my cat a lot of food inside and I let it outside, it's not going to hunt anything. But that's not true because they're surplus hunters. They're like, oh, what if I don't get my next meal? Well, I'll kill this bird. I'll cache. I'll cache it in my yard. Um, and then I can come back to, to it when I'm hungry. Or I'm really close to my owner. I will take my cached gift and I'll give it to them for them to cache. 
So people often think that gifting behavior in cats is really sweet, and I guess in theory it is, <laughs> but that's a very large ecological impact when we're talking about millions of cats. Yeah. Uh, it's a very big problem. Also, our, our native wildlife is not used to feline predation. Our native wildlife is used to and capable of dealing with predation from native sources. I mean, if we're talking about coyotes or, like I said, birds, like raptors, that's one thing. Um, but cats are like an additive mortality there. Like they are killing more of our native species that our native species are ca- capable of dealing with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really the long and short of it. There's, there's no cat that's outside unsupervised that is not killing wildlife. Yeah. You'll literally see like 1% of successful cat kills. Like you as an owner would see like a, a fraction of successful cat kills. You would never know. Yeah. How, how would you convince someone to keep their pet inside? Well, one of the things I always think about, and this does not work for everyone, is would you let let your dog uh, run around the neighborhood, you know, without you watching it? Probably not. Um, If you really love your pet, you typically don't want to see it get hit by a car. You don't want to see it get eaten by a coyote, which is a native predator. I mean, a coyote is just doing its job if it eats your cat. I'm going to be honest. Um, You don't want it to, you don't want to see your pet dying of a horrible disease. I mean, there's a reason why veterinarians have to test for things like feline, leukemia, and FELV. And, and it's because it's so easily transmissible between cats. Um, I mean, you let your pet cat outside, it comes into contact with a feral cat, your cat has a reduced lifespan because it got an incurable disease. I mean, that's it. Mm. There's rabies, there's ticks. Um, we talk about toxoplasmosis a lot. So to- toxoplasmosis is only transmissible by cats, but other animals can get it. That's why a lot of times you'll hear people saying like, oh, if, you have, if you're pregnant and you have a cat, you can't be near the cat and its litter box. So that comes, it's not a wife's tale, that actually comes from toxoplasmosis um, because it can affect children and immunocompromised folks. Uh, rabies, cats are a huge rabies vector. We talk a lot about the fear of, of animals like bats being rabies vectors, right? Cats are a million times worse than bats as rabies vectors. And I do mean a million times worse. There have been, there have been crazy cases of like, uh, oh, it was, it was on the East coast. It was quite a while ago. It was somebody was handing out kittens in a box, like as pets. Mm -hmm. And somebody took, some little kid took one home and the cat had rabies, but was asymptomatic. And long story short, it was like two weeks later, they figured out had rabies. They had to contact trace like hundreds of people that had even come close to that cat. I mean, once you're symptomatic for rabies, there's, you're pretty much going to die. Even as a person with our, with our medical, you know, healthcare Mm -hmm. system, you're going to die if you get rabies. Yeah. So to wrap up here, what are some solutions that we could do to help with the situation with outdoor cats? So this is always a hard, this is a hard one because we love our pets. We really love our domestic pets and I love cats. I mean, I had cats my entire life growing up. Um, So a lot of times people think that the answer is TNR, um, which is trap, neuter, release. Typically what will happen is they will literally trap feral cats. They will take them to a veterinarian to be neutered and they will re-release them at the same spot. They usually tip or nick their ear um, so that if they're picked up again, they know that they've been fixed. Um, This is... Uh, actually still a cruel and ineffective method. People will tell you that TNR is what you do to avoid being cruel to outdoor cats and it's what you do to fix the problem and it absolutely is not. The only way that TNR would work is if 75% of our current feral cat population was fixed and if no cats were ever dumped again. And I mean ever. That's impossible. In the entirety (laughs) of the United States. And that's just not going to happen. And even if you TNR an animal, I, I think it's very unethical to take an animal and then dump it back where you know it can die of diseases, it can get attacked by another animal, it can get hit by a car. I mean, there are so many horrors of being an outdoor cat. 
even if you're fixing the problem by, I mean, by saying like, well, this cat won't have babies. That cat is going to have a terrible life, literally. Yeah. So (laughs) unfortunately, one of our only real solutions for, and I do mean truly feral cats, not people who have pet cats who go outside sometimes. That is, that is an education problem. But for truly feral cats, we really do need to euthanize them. Um, That is commonly used in countries like Australia that took a large hit to their bird populations they started euthanizing feral cats and that sounds really disturbing but we when you consider a humane euthanasia that is done professionally by a veterinarian and a cat literally getting getting eaten alive um one of those is a lot better than the other and it's also really our only viable way to deal with the sheer volume that we have right now yeah we can't home most feral cats either it's just not possible most people aren't capable of dealing with it um, I don't think that that's a thing that a lot of people are going to do. It's it's very upsetting to hear that you need to euthanize cats, but it seems actually like most large cat rescues in the Indy area have turned towards humane euthanasia, which is really comforting. Um, I know, oh gosh, I want to say uh, Face, which is an Indy cat rescue, actually does humanely euthanize true ferals and helps to home cats that can't be homed. And that's that's that really is a step in the right direction. It's yeah. it's going to be down to the shelter level making that decision as shelter organizations. Um and that's really all we can do. It's it's a frustrating problem, but education and outreach is important. Learning not to feed outdoor and feral cats and keeping our kitties inside and safe is that's the best that we as as a society can do to fix the problem. Yeah. And it sounds like it might be better off financially too, ultimately for I mean, ecology wise, everything. It just, it all kind of wraps up as as sad as it would be to have to, you know, euthanize, but. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So thank you for, you know, working with us on me, on this with me. And uh, hopefully somebody out there will learn a thing or two. (laughs) We can only hope. (laughs) All right.